0: Dare to Self-Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello everyone and welcome back to our community. It's Jen. I'm freezing right now and I'm kind of loving it. I'm I have my pumpkin chai big candle lit right now right next to me. I have my comfortable blanket on my lap. I'm wearing a neck zip up. I'm like living for how cold I am right now, which I know sounds weird. And I was really not living for it when I did the morning shift for Rumble and had to walk home. But now that I'm snuggled up on the couch, I just... There's something about cold weather. People don't want to go out. Like, that is what I need. I need to stop going out. I want to cuddle up. I want red wine. Like, that is my vibe. I want ramen, and I cannot wait. It feels like it's been the longest summer, and there's been so many amazing memories and, like, such great things, but... It feels like it's been a while since I've been cold and I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the cold vibes. Just like give it to me. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm definitely going to be complaining about it soon, but for now I'm living for it. It feels like there's really just like two weeks of nice fall weather in New York City and then all of a sudden like it's winter and I just woke up today and it was winter in October. So I'm ready for it. So, we have some amazing, amazing guests this week, but we have to start with what was in alignment for us this week and out of alignment for us this past week to reflect on our weeks and improve the next one, hopefully. If not, there's always next week. (laughs) I would say what was in alignment for me this week was I feel like I balanced everything the best I could. Like, I feel like I had a really great balance this past week of alone time, me time quality time with Ethan, but then also quality friend time with multiple different friends. I feel like it's either a big lonesome week, a big Ethan week, or a big friend social week. And this week I had a really nice, well-balanced week of it all. So that rarely happens. And it was definitely in alignment. So I had quality time with friends. I had a wine night with one of my best friends on Friday who I haven't seen in a while. I went for drinks for someone's birthday on Sunday and spent time with friends. And I had quality time with Ethan on Saturday. We read our books along the water. We went for noodles. We went for burrito. We love doing a food tour in New York City and like finding all the gem hole in the walls. It's our favorite thing to do. Then he went home to Long Island, so I had more me time. I went to Rumble training on Sunday with some friends from Rumble but still got a lot of me alone time after that and before drinks and it just felt all really well balanced. Like I thoroughly enjoyed my quality time with people and also my alone time and I was able to recharge and it was just such a great balance and that never happens. I've also really been making sure to keep weekends free of work, free of editing, and I feel like I was really just able to fully recharge this weekend with a nice balance of it all. But then I feel like I really earned it because I did so much work during the week and I'm ready to just do that this week, hit the ground running, hustle, but also like wind down at night. I've been really good about ever since moving in with Ethan and changing my work schedule and going part time and having all these different jobs. I feel like the way I've avoided extreme burnout is I really do make sure that night times and weekend is me time or friend time or whatever it is. It's not work. So nights are work-free, weekends are work-free, and I feel like that's really been working for me, and it helps me to actually be motivated to get a lot done during the week because I'm always recharged. So I hope that I can keep that nice balance and continue to just work hard during the work day so I can recharge during the other times. Which leads me to what was out of alignment this week, which which was definitely I had some underlying anxieties toward the end of the week about just sounds so weird to say but like personal traumas were just coming up like just things were starting to resurface for my personal life and my own you know personal family past trauma experiences just like resurfacing but if we can learn anything from this it's that I actually used tactics from the book Emotional Entrepreneur by Scout Sobel who was a past guest on this podcast And these tactics really do apply outside of being an entrepreneur. So as amazing as this book is for the emotions and managing your emotions as an entrepreneur, it's really helping me manage my emotions in general. So I never really understood what grounding meant, what the affirmation I'm safe in my emotions meant. Like I just, none of it resonated with me. I didn't relate with it, but this week it all made sense to me because of, the anxieties and traumas that were coming up and the triggers, I started to use that affirmation. I'm safe in my emotions. And it just, the only way I can explain it is that you feel like the emotions are taking over and like you can't handle it. But to just sit with them and be like, I'm safe here. It's fine. They're just emotions. They're going to pass. We can sit with them. It'll be okay. That's what I'm safe in my emotions makes me feel. Like we don't have to be dramatic. We don't have to take this emotion and freak the fuck out and make it this whole big thing. We're safe here. It's okay. Let's just breathe through it. Let's ground. We're okay. So a few things that I did was when I would feel super anxious, I just felt called to like pause what I was doing. I put my phone away or I actually, this is something I did last night, was I put meditation music on Spotify on my phone and I just closed my eyes and I breathed. No guided meditation, no mantra. I just closed my eyes and breathed because I felt like I needed to do that. So on Saturday, when Ethan and I were sitting along the water on the West Side Highway, we were reading our books and it started to get a little windy. The leaves on the trees were making a nice sound. They were all shaking and I just put my book down. I laid on the grass. I looked up and instead of even closing my eyes, I just stared into the leaves and breathed. I like breathed in for four, I held for five, released for seven, which I learned in Mind Body Project. I just took that quick little breath work I learned in class the other day and I tried my best just to not overthink things. If thoughts came to my head, it's fine. We breathe them in, we let them go and we just try to recognize the leaves. I was trying to just like focus on the leaves, which leaf was falling, like just really try to not think about anything and breathe and I don't know it's something I've it's just like a nice little thing it's like no pressure whenever you're feeling anxious or feel the need to breathe you just put the phone down or you look into nature if you're outside or you put on meditation music to get you in the zone and you breathe and that's it and whenever you want to stop you stop so like last night I probably did it for like a minute and a half not even and that's what I needed to just calm down and like stop everything before bed And then when I was looking into the leaves and I was really relaxed outside, I probably did more like five to seven minutes. I don't even know because I was just like sitting in it, enjoying it. And I'm really liking that, like no pressure, no need to do a certain meditation or force it at a certain time. It's just like when I need it, it's there and I've really been enjoying it. So highly recommend the book. And I, yeah, I don't know. I've just been really feeling the need to be grounded, be in nature, breathe, feel safe in my emotions, all of these grounding techniques that I never really resonated with. But ever since reading the book and having some emotions come up and triggers that are like super deep, it's really been helping me. So through all this throughout the past week, I've just been thinking a lot about how much we need to, you know, try out things and, and figure out these tools to have in our toolbox so that when trauma hits us in the face or things resurface or we feel anxious or we're in a fight or whatever it is, we have these tools in our toolbox to know all the different techniques we can pull from. Even, like I said, I didn't even like ever resonate with the term grounding, but something about laying on the floor, looking at the trees and breathing, that's a grounding technique. I never really felt the need to have it before, but because I've learned about it, I'm interested in it, I was able to have that in my toolbox because I'm reading this book to know, oh, that actually is something that feels like I could use that right now. So I hope that from listening to this podcast, listening to the different self-care tips at the beginning of every episode, it allows you to see that there's so much more than just a guided meditation or a face mask or a bath that you can access and use when you need it and different things you can try out to see what works for you. Five-minute journal free writing, like whatever it is that works for you. There are so many things that we just need to try out, open our eyes to, and it will help you more than you know. And if anything has helped you, I like to, you know, in addition to always having those self-care tips at the beginning of every episode from the guests, I really like to pull on experts for these different types of self-care rituals. So there was an acupuncturist, Ayurvedic practitioner, Kundalini breath work, like there's all astrology, there's all these episodes that you can access. And I would love to have even more 101 expert episodes on here to dive deeper into each of these different self care practices. So if there's anything that you're super interested in, or anyone that you know, like I'm having a Reiki sound healer coming on soon, anyone you follow that you'd like to do a deep dive on let me know. DM me at Jen underscore Lauren with two N's and I would love to look into having an expert on the podcast. So with all of that being said, let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week. Breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) Okay, let's introduce this amazing guest, We have Dale and Elizabeth from Sweats in the City, and Sweats in the City is a one-stop shop for all things health, wellness, fitness. Founded by best friend duo Dale and Elizabeth, Sweats in the City launched in 2016 as an unarrivaled digital wellness destination, providing honest class and studio reviews nationwide to help their 108,000 loyal followers navigate the inundated world of boutique fitness. Most recently, Dale and Elizabeth launched Sweat with Sweats, a subscription-based platform that brings their followers together through community and connection, alongside their favorite fitness instructors and workouts. As part of the membership, consumers can enjoy a highly curated schedule of unlimited on-demand classes and live Zoom workouts. They have a 7-day free trial. I will link it in the description below. And some topics we touched on were... Intuitively working out by doing what feels good for you, what feels good for your body, taking care of yourself for you instead of for other people, their favorite wellness and fitness studios, the importance of doing what is sustainable and what feels good for you and your body, also into some of the business side of it all, how they split responsibilities, how they work together, what they attribute their growth of their business and social media platform to, top tips, what they do when they're feeling uninspired or in a funk, advice for aspiring creators, how to network as an influencer, and we also took listener questions from you guys from submitting your questions on the Instagram account. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and if you do, please screenshot this episode, post it to your Instagram stories, send it to a friend if they need it or if they love Sweats in the City. And if you haven't yet, I would so appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts. Takes a few seconds, means the world to me, and it helps us get More amazing guests like Sweats in the City on the podcast. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having us. Of course, I'm so excited. You guys have been on my dream guest list for like since I before I even started the podcast, so I'm so excited. Ah, uh, thank you.
1: We're so flattered to hear that.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have to start before we dive into everything I need to talk to you guys about. We have to start with your top self care tip that has played a role in your success. so whoever wants to go first
1: ooh, I would say getting eight or more hours of sleep per night um For me, that comes in the form of just making sure I have an early bedtime, but also kind of like optimizing the space that I sleep in, cold temperature, blackout curtains, all of that. I think it just allows me to really show up as my best version in the morning.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like there's such an emphasis, and we were kind of just talking about this before recording, on waking up early. But if you're not going to sleep early enough, if your sleep isn't great, then like you can't actually be productive the next day, even if you're waking up at like, 5 a.m., but you went to sleep at 11 p.m., or you had a bad sleep, like you're not going to be your best version of yourself the next day. So, I really like how you place an emphasis on like the amount of hours rather than what time you're actually waking up. Exactly.
2: I would definitely say therapy was such a good um, self care tool in my journey on sweats in the city. I think, um, you know, social media can be like a tough space and there's a lot of things that you know come up unexpected the growth um changes and sometimes it's really good to have that extra support um we're also lucky we have each other um to get through it but i think that was really helpful in my journey
0: yeah i always always back up therapy because i feel like people think they have to have this like huge tragedy in order to seek out a therapist and actually go to therapy but it's just a method of like getting to know yourself having a safe space to just let everything out and to your point I think it's important when you are working in social media full-time and you are an entrepreneur like it's an emotional roller coaster I'm sure.
1: Right and also sometimes the most productive therapy sessions are actually the ones when you're not going through something at all and you're able to kind of like dig a bit deeper into strategies and like your toolkit that you have and sort of hone in on those things when there isn't like something catastrophic that needs to be worked on.
0: 100%. I, I, I was telling my friend, like m- when I first started therapy, I had like a really good week and I texted her and I was like, do you still pay for therapy on the weeks where like you're happy? <laughs> she was like the weeks where you're doing well are just as important as the ones where you're not doing well and that's exactly what I found like the times where I didn't even know what to talk about I ended up uncovering so much and like um, like you said like almost strategizing like how I can be the best version of myself and most productive going forwards so that's very interesting that you felt the same way Totally.
1: I feel the same about like meditation. Any any self help tool should also be used when you're feeling good.
0: Right. Okay. Well, I want to take it all the way back for you guys. I'm curious to hear from both of you, like how has your health and wellness journey evolved? Where did it start? Were you always interested in it? Was there like a pivotal moment where you turned to fitness and realized how much you loved it? Like where did both of your passions begin?
1: Yeah. So I would say it was something that Dale and I bonded over early when we were set up as roommates over five years ago. Um, That was kind of like our glue. It was class pass. It was working out. It was having a passion for talking about these different classes and sort of like reviewing studios. Um, For me personally, since then, I think my methods of working out have evolved a lot. Um, And I wouldn't have even thought five years ago that this would be an evolution to sort of like slow down my practice and take it to more low impact and not view it as like punishment to my body or needing to be this like intensive experience Um, but I think that definitely comes with time and Dale and I have sort of like made that evolution together which has been great um, to have a system in place for not support because it's been great but um, you know we've definitely both changed a lot together and that's shown in our brand too right like we're not necessarily going to berries and soul cycle as much we're kind of like leaning into what feels good for our bodies and I think people have been really receptive to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Totally.
2: And I definitely think, um, like Elizabeth said, we've evolved so much. I remember I started getting into fitness and classes when I got really into yoga. And then I just found myself hopping on like every train um, just because, you know, whatever was trendy at the time, whatever was the cool food to eat, maybe it was acai bowls or the cool workout. And I really, but I really felt... Into the aspect, like, of how Elizabeth was just saying about class paths, exploring new things. And I think I have to kind of explore all these things to really realize okay, what is the best, the secret sauce that works for me? Like, let's tune everything else out and really see what works for my body and my lifestyle and what gets me excited in the morning. So, I think um, the fitness industry also has changed as well. So, I think it's always an evolving, um, you know, industry. And I don't know, like in the next two years, like what is going to be our workout of choice or what's going to be really, you know, popular then. Um, but I think it is fun to kind of evolve and, um, not stay, you know, too stagnant and really kind of explore that there's so much out there. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's definitely been a journey and it's, been a lot of fun
0: yeah I'm curious if you guys relate to this I feel like depending on my season of life like right now I'm very into like rumble boxing and like high intensity workouts but then there are long periods of time where I just want like nourishing Pilates toning low impact it sounds like you guys used to be more high impact and now you both enjoy lower impact but do you also feel like it sort of depends what phase of life you're in
1: Totally phase of life. And I think just tuning in like you are and listening to what your body is craving in that moment, like that's the best thing you can do. Um, Because it does change. And at certain periods, I do want an intense workout that I like really feel it and sweat a bunch. And I think everyone's recipe is different. And it's important to um, kind of make that known so that we don't fight what our natural urge is, whether that's higher intensity or lower intensity.
0: Yeah. And how are you guys balancing that? Like when you have workout classes to review, well, first, like, is it like, oh, well, now you're on different coasts. So it's probably a whole different situation now. But I was going to say, like, do you sort of like one of you takes it if you're more in the mood for high intensity, the other person takes it if you're more in the mood for Pilates. But I also feel like you had to go to everything together. So how does that work?
2: Um, so we launched our own platform at the beginning of January. So yeah. that has been a bulk of our workouts. And we typically have one to two a day and we try to do all those because we love them and we love exploring all these new instructors. Um, So that definitely is something that we, like this morning, we were both on the same workout on our platform together. So it was like we were working out together. Um, But I think, you know, it's kind of this natural like way of working out. Like we don't really force any specific schedule in terms of like when we go to studios and review them, Elizabeth Mm -hmm. might be at an event in New York. I might be trying something new in LA. We might just be doing stuff that speaks to us. Um, When our whole platform was surrounded around studio reviews, it was a little more particular, but now that the fitness scene has changed so much, especially because of the pandemic, we kind of have this online and offline approach. Um, And now we're on different coasts. So there's just so much to explore. So we've kind of just been doing what works for us. And if we if there's a new studio that pops up or an event, we'll do that. But we've been um, just trying to show um, our follower, our, our following, you know, we kind of do this because it works for us and, and want to, sh- to show them that They're like, this is our routine. This is what speaks to us versus just doing things because we want to review them. So I think things have changed quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Just kind of coattailing off of that. I feel like we kind of created this base a while back, which was our bread and butter, which was reviewing all these different studios, big on variety, big on the newest thing. And since COVID that has obviously sort of, the focus has been a lot less on in-studio and a lot more on virtual. So kind of us turning that into a product that we could present to people was this creation of Sweat with Sweats, which is our virtual platform. It was kind of Dale and I picking all of our favorites, but also being able to review new people and have them kind of try out for it and show them to our audience. That's been our way to do it. And it's felt really natural for us because these workouts are sweats approved. They're exactly what Dale and I would be doing on a day-to-day basis. So nothing about trying someone new or being on there is ever forced. In fact, it's like the most natural thing. I'm like sad when there isn't a workout for me to do um, because it's really kept us like on our schedule and it's just come really naturally to us.
0: Yeah, I feel like you guys do a really great job at showing like do what your body's craving. Here are a ton of different options. Here's what we like. Here's what we're in the mood for. And like it doesn't ever feel forced or preachy or here's what you should be doing. And I know you guys posted or you've been posting a lot recently, I feel like about how it feels good to take care of yourself for you and you're doing it for yourselves. So I'm curious to talk more about that and how over the years and how your brand has evolved, like posting about fitness on social media, like how has your relationship changed with fitness over time? Has it ever felt like you were working out for other people and for social media rather than for yourselves? And how has that sort of evolved and how do you handle that?
1: Yeah, I think over time I've kind of come to a place where working out and doing all these different self-care rituals, whether it's lymphatic drainage or a green juice or what have you, like is no longer for anybody else. And I think a lot of people can relate to going through periods where you're eating super clean, working out more, you want to impress the guy, you want to, you know, better yourself, but it's not necessarily for you and for you to show up as your best version that feels best. And I think with me, a lot of that, I mean, it comes with time and it comes with maturity and it comes with finding the right movement and balance that feels good for your body. But I've also had a lot of health challenges over the last couple of years. And that has also given me more push in the direction of like, do this for you and your health and because that is everything. Um, And so when you kind of shift the focus of your values, I think it kind of allows for you to lean into what your purpose is in in why you're taking care of yourself. And it feels really good when it's 100% for you.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good explanation because I feel like this idea of self-love can get very confusing. Like it almost sounds ridiculous sometimes. It's like, what do you like? I'm supposed to just sit in the mirror and be like, I love you. So I always like to sort of break down what it actually means and what taking care of yourself for you actually means because I think it can get really confusing and like, the word self care and self love just gets very like murky. It's like, yeah, self love is a face mask. But like, that's not really what we're talking about. So I love that you guys actually talk about that on your platform, because I know it can. It's not just like a fitness platform. And yes, you guys created a platform showing workouts and showcasing workouts. But I feel like it's truly evolved into a space where people can just talk about taking care of themselves and wellness in general. So I'm curious, like, what are your favorite workouts? What are your favorite wellness routines? Because I know you share it all, but I'm curious, like, what are your favorite workouts and, like, wellness-type studios?
2: We are really big into Pilates and sculpt. As you mentioned, low impact. Um, Love Pilates on the mat. Pilates on the reformer. I think anything that promotes long-term wellness in terms of protecting your joints, um, opening your hips. When people think of fitness, they think, you know, pounding it in the gym for an hour until they're like completely depleted. And, you know, while that may be okay now, it might definitely affect you down the line. So when it kind of all ties into this self-care is like, we're not doing it to just sweat it out for that spring break trip so we can feel a certain amount or punish ourselves for what we ate. We're doing it because we're we are committed to our long-term health and sticking to our long-term goals. Now I know everyone's body is different and some people prefer to lose um, use cardio and other things and that's awesome. But I think when you just kind of have to take an approach of like, what is sustainable? What do I enjoy? And we really found that low impact workouts like Pilates, sculpting, um, anything like that is really is really kind of a great workout and also we both love to walk we're big on getting in our steps and like multitasking and doing that on the go um also love like a dance cardio type of class those are so fun and it's a great way to get in cardio without feeling like you know you're timing yourself
0: on a treadmill yeah what are your thoughts on the megaformer then
1: so (laughs) we definitely have reviewed (laughs) a ton of megaformer classes and like dale said we kind of went through our phase where whatever was hot we wanted to get into and try and explore and that's kind of where where this all began for me personally megaformer is not for me um it just doesn't feel good on my body I don't like the super intensity of like feeling really crunched up like I like Mm -hmm. to be more like lengthened out if that makes sense I love a reformer but megaformer is just not so much yeah I was gonna
2: say megaformer they don't Place the biggest emphasis on form because it goes so quickly. Um, I actually love it once in a while. I'll go to one for sure. But on a day to day basis, I think what we like about the reformer is that it slows it down. You can really see what feels good. You can pay attention to your body. You can focus on your form. It's very lengthening. And a lot of people definitely have a preconceived notion that like Pilates is just for a certain type of body or. Pilates is isn't gonna do much. But um we found quite the opposite.
0: Yeah, I think there's such a misconception about these megaformer classes. So often, like I can't tell you how often, and I'm sure you guys hear the same. People will be like, Oh, I tried a Pilates class, I tried SLT, I tried Solid Core, it was so hard. I'm like, Like they didn't realize they were going into a mega former class. They thought they were going into regular Pilates and it stresses me out so much. The thought of someone walking into solid core, like expecting a relaxing, slow paced workout and like trying out Pilates for the first time and thinking that that's what they're going to get. It always stresses me out. I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you guys deal with when people read your reviews and then they go to the class and they're like, that is not what I expected. Like, everyone's body's different, but I'm sure you guys are getting feedback all the time that's like, oh, you said this was amazing and it wasn't. Like, how do you deal with people just disagreeing with you all the time?
1: You know, I don't think we get the disagreement as much as you'd expect given like what we're reviewing. But I do think people know where Dale and I stand on what our preference is. However, we try to give a review that is very objective. Like we're not necessarily saying, we don't like this style, we're saying this is good for if you like X, Y, and Z, like it's heavy on the legs, it's whatever. Um, So we try to really just give those details without emotion attached to it so that people go in with like a very clear idea of what they're going to get that's not um, so preference-based. Yeah, that makes sense. So I
0: want to dive into like Business, entrepreneurship. You guys started this so many years ago and now you're full time and now you have this new platform. So I'm curious, how do you guys split your responsibilities? Because it is probably like when you first started, you probably didn't expect to have this full on business. And now, as someone who I am like in control of my own schedule with content, with PR, like so many different things. And I have to figure out like what works best for me, if it's time batching, if it like what hours I want to work, when do I want to take calls? And there's two of you. So I'm curious, like, how do you guys stay productive in your own ways while also figuring out how to work best as a team?
2: Yeah, so we first of all, we discuss pretty much everything. So we understand where our business is at and we have weekly meetings with our assistant, with you know, each other, and we have a lot of check-ins, but we definitely have a whole system in place to divide up content, to divide up responsibilities and roles, which at the beginning, we, like, really made it clear, and now we kind of just know, and it's very intuitive to who does what, Um, and then Mm -hmm. we really just find that, um, like, as we go, we We've changed so much and more things come up and we just have different notes that we share that we're constantly in communication, checklists. Um, it, honestly, having two people can really help you get organized because you're not in your own head. You need to really talk about these things and have a proper system. Right. So we pretty much lay everything out from like the captions to the content to the rules. Um, and then we of course are talking all day long so we can work through any kind of, you know, if we need to collaborate, if we need our heads to come together, um, on an issue, but yeah, it's definitely different than doing it yourself, wearing a million hats. We have double the content, but there's two of us we have, you know, so it's, it, it, it's definitely has its benefits of being able to have someone who, you know, we can divide and conquer with.
1: Yeah, I would say another big thing is like I mean there's tons of pros to having two of us, but being able to hone in on Dale and I obviously both have different preferences in terms of what we want to be up to and kind of like honing in on our our different skill sets but also our different preferences and then allowing that to create these different roles within a company. Obviously we have a ton of overlap, but it's fun to be, you know, to be able to explore over the last 5 years like what do I like doing? um, and, and kind of pick and choose that way. And especially now that we have a full-time assistant, it's given us a lot more freedom in that area, which has been great.
0: Yeah. So now you have an assistant, now you have a platform. Like I'm just, I feel like I'm, I'm thinking back because I, you guys were one of my inspirations for starting content a few years ago. And I'm just thinking back to like, when I graduated college, I feel like when I was trying out workout classes, I was looking at your Instagram. So it's just crazy How far and how much you guys have grown your business and looking back at it. So, I'm curious, like, what do you attribute that to? Because anyone can start an Instagram account and start reviewing things and like do something with their friend as a fun project. But, what do you attribute everything you've grown from it and being able to now afford an assistant and like go full time? Like, what would you say you attribute that to?
1: Well, first of all, thank you. That makes us so happy to (laughs) hear. And sometimes we forget. Where we came from, and yeah, not, not that we forget where we came from, but we forget how long of a journey it's been. Um, I would say two things. One is consistency, sticking to um, you know, what we know and and sticking to posting regularly, storing regularly and And then the second part would probably be um, staying very true to ourselves through all of it. So keeping it very real, not trying to be something that we aren't, not trying to put on a voice that isn't ours. Um, People love realness and they love relatability. And if Dale and I can show up every day as ourselves and be consistent in that stream of content, I think that's the best recipe for success.
0: You guys work so well together and have both been able to stay true to yourselves and stay authentic. Have you ever gotten imposter syndrome or or had to like catch yourself feeling like, oh, I'm just doing this or posing this way for other people. And it doesn't feel true to myself. Like, do you guys ever catch yourself in those moments or no, because you sort of have each other's back and like can keep each other grounded?
2: I think, you know, it's, we were just saying today, Elizabeth and I were just saying how like, whenever one of us is in a funk, it's, it's never both of us the same time, but you no, know, it's so yeah. nice to talk have the other person to talk to because we both get it we're both going through the same stuff and I think um obviously like sometimes these feelings come up where maybe we're feeling uninspired or we're feeling hurt by something or we're feeling frustrated and that's natural and it's definitely helpful to talk it out um I think over time when you know we've become more secure in our account and We've created our own following. We know what's true to us and we know what's not true to us. When we first started, it was kind of hard to tell brands, no, this isn't my voice Mm -hmm. or put out content that we thought other people wanted to see. And then as time went on and we really start getting used to posting our lives on social media and developing a strong connection with our community, we really learned like what it aligns with our values and what doesn't to the point that like a lot of stuff that just doesn't align, doesn't even phase us. And we don't even like run, we don't even think about these partnerships that come our way or like topics of conversation. Cause we're like, that is not us. So we have really understood like, right. and we've come a long way to understand like what is our voice, what speaks to us, but it doesn't mean that we don't have days that we feel down about social media or that we feel like, you
0: know, it's something we need to talk through. Um, so yeah. So what do you do when you feel that burnout or like a creativity slump where you're like, I don't even know what to make next. I'm not in the mood. Do you just rely on the other person to like take the work that day? Like, what do you do when it comes to burnout?
1: I think we're very lucky to have each other in those moments because like Dale said, we don't tend to have those moments at the same time. Really sharing with the other person that you're having one of those moments is the best thing I think she and I can do. A, because we talk the other person down, but B, because it's like, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm communicating openly. It's really not that bad or serious. And, and through that, you kind of go back to yourself. And I also think that these moments of having sort of like a lull in terms of, you know, just feeling not as inspired or, you know, confused about the next direction, whatever it may be there's always like a, a peak after that, right? So I kind of mm-hmm. like to view those as opportunities to kind of look inward see what's going on. Maybe it's something totally outside of work, why we're feeling uninspired um, and kind of work through that so we can show up as our best version. And it's also an opportunity to share and be real and honest with our community that like not every day we wake up with all the inspiration in the world to create content and whatever it is, um, you know, it's relatable and, and people understand that. Everybody feels that no matter what your job is.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to look at it, almost as an opportunity. Like, oh, this is a real moment. Let's share this instead of what I was planning on sharing instead. And I always find when I'm feeling burnt out, like, instead of just pushing myself to do more and, like, feel guilty about what I'm not doing, if I just took, like, one night or one day or one weekend to rest and recharge and not do any of it, it becomes so much easier to just, like, get re-inspired and re-motivated rather than just, like, trying to muddle and push through it because then I just feel like I get in a bigger, darker hole.
1: I completely agree. Exactly. I I think recharging the batteries doesn't always come naturally when you feel like I need to be go, go, go. But sometimes doing the exact opposite of what your maybe like not so adaptive behavior is telling you to do um, can be a really good solve.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I do want to get your advice on a bunch of things. And we also got some listener questions. So we'll dive into all of that. I want to hear your advice for aspiring creators today that are just getting started like within the year. Because I know it's very different from like now it's, I hate to use the word saturated because it sounds like negative, but it's just the truth. It's saturated now. So I'm curious what your advice would be for people today. Definitely. Um First of all, finding like what your purpose is and the
2: message you want to focus on and who your audience is. I find sometimes people try too hard to be something for everyone. And with too many accounts out there, you just really want to stand out. And I know that it might seem like at first that you're really narrowing your audience, but you can definitely grow it through a niche. So I think that's really important is focus. What is your focus? For us, it was boutique fitness reviews which didn't exist then now there's a ton of accounts that popped up since then but we really made sure to keep that our focus and then expanded and still have that obviously as the main character in our message two is like really don't be afraid to put yourself out there there will be a lot of people that might make fun of you or might think like what is she doing or what is he doing and eventually like You can't let those people stop you or any negativity stop you from, you know, doing it because you're going, as the bigger you get, the more you're going to receive. And if you just stay true to your message and yourself, you will find your people and your audience who support you. So there'll be a lot of people who don't, and there'll be a lot of people who do support you. Um, And then also like getting on various apps, not just focusing on one app, but really trying to expand your reach. Um, and then networking with people in your community, um, engaging with them on Instagram, engaging with brands that are, or events that um, might be of interest. So really making, so putting yourself out there.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with everything Dale said, and I know it's kind of cliche to say, but I really do believe that there's room in this space for everyone. I think there's been a ton of really good examples of that. People who have had zero following and they are now at hundred K followers over the last year. And I think it can be really helpful to pick one of those people as like what I call an expander and have that person in your mind of, you know, this person can do it. So I can too. I think it really shows your self-conscious mind or your your subconscious mind, sorry, um, <laughs> that, that that can be done and sort of like turns that negative voice off so that you can see like this really is a potential for me. And you have to believe in yourself to get there. And I think that that's what a lot of these people who have. Come from no followers and and grown so rapidly have had in common.
0: Yeah. And something that you just mentioned, Dale, was networking. And I feel like that is something that comes up in every other field of work except wanting to be a content creator. So I'm curious. I feel like that's not spoken about ever, like how to network when you're trying to grow a platform, whether it's YouTube or whatever it might be. So I'm curious if you have any advice on networking for creators.
2: Yeah. So there's two different kinds. There's ones with brands and PR agencies, and then there's ones with other content creators. Um, So very early on, you know, we were trying to really find out about events and we started small, like ones that were open to the public, introducing yourself, um, like ones that weren't invite only. You know, like say if Bandier was having like a sale and they were doing something, we would show up. Like we would really put ourselves in positions and introduce ourselves and just really make connections with people. And things really happen in the content creation branding industry really quickly. Like automatically you meet someone, you just don't know where that's going to lead to. Um, I remember we went to a band year event. We met someone from Nike. We ended up doing a filming thing. And at the time that was like huge for us. And just, it's kind of like one thing will connect you to the other. So you can't be afraid. You can't just sit at home and be, or I guess you can technically sit at home because it's all over the phone, but you can't just not open yourself to new opportunities and expect them just to fall in your lap. You should be going out there meeting people. Um, And then once, you know, sometimes when you know certain people from brands or PR agencies, they invite you to Uh, openings and launch parties. And then through there, you meet more people. And then through there, you see people might switch jobs to a new company or keep you in mind for a new campaign. So those are really important um, connections because once they hear about you, you're kind of on their roster. And then the other aspect is engaging with other content creators. I mean, you guys can help each other grow, um, engaging on each other's content, finding people who are kind of in your same field and same following is really helpful. You guys can invite each other to events, um, introduce yourself to people. Sometimes brands want you to introduce yourself to other content creators. So really don't underestimate the power of connecting with other influencers. And I think that really helped us, especially at the beginning, because we kind of had a crew and we really got invited to places with them. Um, And now, you know, since the pandemic, a lot has separated, but I do really find that when you're starting out, it's really important to connect with other people in the industry.
0: I think that's great advice because I I truly never hear anything about networking in the space and like I'm experiencing it myself, but I feel like people don't use it as advice. It's more like SEO and hashtags and like things like that, but really getting yourself out there. And I think events are starting to pop up again, especially in New York, LA, like things are hopefully forever now coming back to normal a little bit and not everything's just online anymore. So I think that's a great opportunity. And I'm very happy we spoke about that. I do have a listener question. I pulled a few, but I know we spoke about a lot. So hold on. How did you become comfortable being in front of the camera each day?
1: This definitely comes with time. And I know that can be kind of a frustrating answer when you're trying to learn how to be comfortable. Um, But I was definitely awkward at first. I remember walking down the street holding that phone being like, wow, this is weird. And people can definitely feel that. Um, So it comes with time. It comes with being comfortable with yourself and your own voice. And also the momentum that comes along with people being receptive to you being yourself. I think for me, that was a big part of it um, is like the more I showed the realness and the rawness, the more people connected with us. And that's really what we're here for, right?
2: absolutely.
0: Do you ever feel fatigued from working out and having to be quote-unquote on during filming? Sweat sweats? Yeah, there are days,
2: I mean, we give ourselves rest, rest days. That's super important and we want to practice what we preach. We can't be telling other people, take your rest days and then we're just out here killing ourselves. So that is actually a very important piece of our content that we share because there is an industry where more is more. It can get really lost and I think what's great about our platform, for example, is we have like certain amount of lives each week. So if you would follow like the exact schedule, you would naturally take a rest day because there aren't lives that day. I mean, you can, of course it's on demand and you can cater to what works with you for you, but we really make that an intentional aspect. Um, but there are days when, you know, it's very rare. Like if we did have two workout events, like that's happened before and it's not ideal, but like it is work. Um, and we know that that's an event based thing, but I think we know that taking rest days is an important part of physical and your mental health. so um yeah we we really over time have learned how to work those days in, and it's just become like natural at this point um to do.
0: Yeah, do you guys try to take weekends off? Or are you doing like one person covers this day, one person covers the other? Or are you guys just always on?
1: I would say that our live Sweat with Sweat schedule, as Dale mentioned, because it's so curated and specific, we put a lot of emphasis on the fact that it is a sustainable schedule. So for example, we definitely bake in two-ish days a week where we don't have any classes. um, And that's sort of to serve as a guide, like, hey, this is what Dale and I exactly are doing. Like, A lot of times that means taking Saturday and Sunday off, or maybe taking Monday off and doing one workout on the weekend. Um, So that kind of serves as our guide. And Honestly, I really don't find myself in a scenario of burnout anymore because of that. And that's kind of our our goal with creating the schedule.
0: I love that because it's not just like, okay, you guys will take your rest days when you want it, but it's almost like as a collective, you're actually working out with us and also taking rest days with us. I think that's really, really smart. And also, I feel like it's just furthering your messaging of like, take care of yourself. And that doesn't just mean working out every day. Exactly. Okay, so let's get into the ending segment fun facts and favorites. So, what is your morning routine? We can start with Elizabeth.
1: Um, So, first thing I do when I wake up is make my bed. That is like a must. I mean, I've got to be in a really bad place to not be making that bed. (laughs) Um, And then I usually drink a huge glass of water. I wash my face, I brush my teeth. And then, honestly, I usually get into my workout outfit and do that workout before I eat breakfast.
2: That's kind of my everyday. I would say I'm kind of similar. a pretty similar morning. I wake up, I make my bed, but because my fiance and I are in different schedules right now, I can't always do it right away, but if I can, I will. Um, I'd get ready for the day. I'll have my coffee and breakfast. I'll do some emails because I'm three hours behind Elizabeth. I try to do my emails like really early, like 7 a.m. just to catch up on some things. Like I have this a bit of a feeling of like I'm already behind when I wake up. So I just kind of get to it just to get like the surface out of the way. Um, And then I'll hit my workout. And then I would say the rest of the day is like
0: is work. How are you liking the new time schedule? Is it a weird adjustment?
2: Not really because I'm up super early. um, It's pretty it's pretty good. Um, I also think, like, it's kind of nice when we don't both wake up in the morning with a ton of, like, our inbox is crazy because I usually work later and Elizabeth usually works earlier. So it kind of, like, spread things out a bit. Right. Um. So it, it's kind of just become a natural progression.
0: Are you enjoying the, like, slower-paced lifestyle because New York is freaking crazy?
2: Yeah, Definitely it's very different because like today, even I haven't even gone outside today. So I, I still, I still feel like when I'm at home, I'm still in the same world. Um, but just the lifestyle here is a lot calmer and you're just not like, it's not as crowded. It's just, a, di- it's just a completely different energy, but I love it. Amazing.
0: Okay. Next question. What is your favorite book or podcast? I would say
1: right now, I am absolutely loving the world's first podcast with Sarah and Erin Foster, just good mindless kind of listens, interesting topics, but nothing where I feel like I'm trying to master something or work on myself. For me, I need like that kind of unwind material because I, my brain goes so quickly during the day. So any kind of like book or podcast I've been leaning into recently has been sort of that type of content.
0: Yeah, I've been loving like a Colleen Hoover book lately. Cause, Love. I, Cause I usually am such like a self-help, self-improvement podcast book person, but having like the mindless unplug content is key. And I just got into Colleen Hoover over the pandemic and I feel like my life has changed.
1: <laughs> She's everything. Did you read
0: Verity? Yes, that was how I got into it. Ugh. I finished it in like two days and I had never really read a book before. Like Never finished a book. And then I read that and then This Ends With Us. And that's my so favorite. So good. And so I'm going to do November 9th next. I haven't read that
1: one yet. Um, Apparently I, it's books,
0: amazing. I
1: always wish that I could like read them over. Like I get so attached to the story and the characters that I'm like mourning it when
0: they're over. I know. <laughs> okay, Jill, what's your favorite book or podcast?
2: I like any kind of – Similar to what you were saying, like something I can just take your mind off of things, Um, like a trauma thriller type of book, like The Woman in the Window, The Woman in Cap 10, um, Behind Closed Doors, like any kind of book like that just takes me away and I just, that's my kind of book.
0: You should read Verity. Okay, that's next on my list. So you should. Good. I finished it in like literally a day and a half, and I don't, I'm the slowest reader in the entire world. <laughs> literally. Okay. When do you feel your happiest?
1: Mm, I would say if I'm in the sunshine on a beach somewhere. I love being warm, I love the water. Sounds
0: great. Opposite from our lifestyle.
1: <laughs> yeah. As I look outside into the gloomy <laughs>
0: clouds know. of New York. <laughs> I honestly feel the same,
2: so it's definitely nice living near the beach, but I, I just love being like when I have a long period of when I'm home because I feel like it's so, I, I have like so much family everywhere, and it just feels like, especially pre-pandemic, I was always leaving, I was always on the go, and it it is nice when you can have like time at home where you can just like not feel rushed really get into your routine and all that. But then I also love to travel. So.
0: I'm like, what's that like slowing down? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like New York has just picked back up so quickly. And I, I didn't realize how crazy it is until we like, we're all on pause and then we're thrown back into it. And we're, I'm still working from home and everything. And it still feels like craziness and madness. So Honestly, good for you that you got out of here, even though you like can feed off the energy, but it's kind of nice that you're going back and forth a lot, I assume too. So you can like get your taste of it and then like go relax in LA.
2: Exactly.
0: What would be your last meal on earth? I would say um,
1: something that either involves Nobu crispy rice or the Bond Street tuna tart, maybe a combination of both. Um, and dessert would probably be some sort of warm chocolate chip cookie with vanilla ice cream.
2: Yum! I think I'm the same for the dessert. <laughs> I think some kind of like a really amazing grilled cheese sandwich
0: with french fries. That's really good. Yum. Okay, well, thank you guys so, so much for coming onto the podcast. Where can the people find you and all things Sweats in the City?
1: Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Sweats in the City or www.sweatsandcity.com. That's also where you can access our new platform, Sweat with Sweats, which is only $19 a month, and there's a seven-day free trial, so everyone should check that out if you're looking
0: to work out at home. Perfect. I will link it all down below. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.